near-death experiences. Fun times. What do you got? Well, I remember one big one from back in May of 2017. It was just you and me driving, kind of just joyriding around, um, listening to music in our car. Mm-hmm. And we were just dri- riding around through town. And then I remember there's this one place, because there's a train track that goes to the middle of our town. And there's this one spot where uh, you can, there's, there's a train crossing, of course, with the road. But the there's no, like, normally, you know, there's, like, a bar that goes down yeah, yeah, to yeah. prevent cars from going across when there's a train coming. Mm-hmm. But uh, I remember one time, yeah, that, that day when we were driving, we went over the tracks because uh, there was no bar down. But there was actually a train, like, very close, like, not, like, if we, if we timed it a little bit more off, we would have been hit by the train. Yeah, I remember that. That was crazy, because we were just listening to music. I don't think I noticed the, I think there was lights, at least. Yeah. I just don't think I noticed them. And with the music, we didn't, I didn't hear the train, and we just go over it. And there were a bunch of bushes right beside the train tracks. Like, obviously, if it was open, we would have seen a train just knock on across, but it was like, basically, the train track was covered from our view. Um, for a ways by all these shrubs and bushes. So we just were like, okay, so we just go across and we turn just casually. Boom, there's a train right there. And we're like, oh my gosh. Yeah, I remember having and to like pull over for a second to like breathe. You were like shaking and I, I don't blame you, but it was like, holy cow, I almost died. I've, that's, that's happened a couple, well, yeah, uh, the, in the car anyways. Um, this was probably like two years ago. Yeah. Um, there's this, intersection a little ways from the monastery it's like a back road heading towards uh route 22 and it's it's back road. there's like i've almost never seen anyone on this road yeah uh, and it comes this there's an intersection four-way intersection it, it comes up to like kind of a, an incline mm-hmm. um and then there's a stop sign there but then it immediately the, it drops over so until you come up to the stop sign you can't see anyone oh coming. wow yeah. but the thing was when i was driving it there had just been a windstorm so there was a broken branch hanging in front of the stop sign and i'd only been on this area that on the, at this point on this road like maybe one other time so i kind of oh, you forgot there was, there was a stop sign yeah so i was also running a little late so i was speeding mm-hmm. and coming up this hill mm-hmm. as i'm about to go through i realized oh there's a stop sign i was like well i'm going too fast anyways i just clear it as on and this is the only other time I've basically seen a car there. Oh my gosh. On the opposite side, about to start turning left. Bro. So right and I just lay on the horn and like blast by them. That's and dude. They gave me the finger very justifiably. Well, validly. Um but holy cow, I was I mean, I was going very Bruh. I would I probably would have killed one of them because there was two people. Awful. Um, I mean, thank God that yeah. that didn't happen, but that's crazy. Ooh, yeah, that was a near-death experience for sure. Yeah. Um, another, I remember another time, this was at Catholic Carwork Camp when I was in high school. Um, my group was helping this guy, like, build a shed. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, like, a lean-to shed built into his house, so it was, like, right up against his house. So the roof yeah. was actually pretty tall. Right. And um, our leader was doing the roofing, but he asked me to bring up one of the rolls of roof, yeah. like, tiles or whatever. Um and you had to come up a ladder. It was at least, like, 12 or 15 feet up. And you weren't able to hold on to anything? No, because it was, like, a 60, 80-pound thing. Okay. So, and I was, like... And everyone else in the group was either, like, going and painting the wall of the Bro. shed or they were going... They were digging something somewhere. And I was, like, well, I need someone to help me. He's, like, no, just bring it up. I'm, like, well, I need someone. He's, like, I need it now. We're running late. So I was, like, okay. 
So I like holding holding it, you know, out in front of me with both arms, yeah. climbing the ladder. Like a carpet, you said is what it, yeah. yeah. And I get to near the top step, and then the ladder starts tilting backwards. Oh, no. And if I had fallen, this thing would have fallen straight on my chest or my neck. Crushed you. With the ladder, ladder on top of it. And I, I just got, and I started, like, I was half falling off. Luckily, I twisted around enough to let go of it. Yeah. And then I tilted back and the ladder stabilized. Dude. But, I never knew. I've never uh, heard that before. That's crazy. And then he's like, what's taking you so long? And I said, shut up. Yeah, shut up. Uh, um, I'm waiting till someone else helps me. He's like, well, why? I said, because I almost died. For real. And he goes, well, if you were careful. I This leader was super annoying. Bro. He was like this 80-year-old guy who just like, he was very smart. He knew what he was doing. Yeah. But because of no. that, it was like, yeah. So Dude, I just said, real. nope, you can go ask. You can you can carry your own dang yeah, crap so. off the freaking ladder, yeah. So that was yeah, death. Death was very before my eyes that day. I imagine as it should be, daily. In fact, oh yeah, keep oh, yeah. death daily before, before your, eyes. your eyes. Yeah, um, very intense. What is what? What do we call that? Keeping death daily before our eyes. As we move into our topic. Yeah, I mean that's a it's a very um, big mentality. Uh, throughout the years and throughout history is this, this in the church in the least. church and it's i think it's growing in popularity even in, in secular culture oh is it yeah it's called um, memento mori basically just latin for uh in memory of your death um but you you know a lot about that because obviously benedictines yeah uh, yeah that's a big part of your saint spirituality saint benedict says uh in he has this chapter uh in the holy rule which is what you know is the guidelines for how to be a Benedictine, basically. In chapter 4, he has the 74 tools for good works. Mm. And there's tons of stuff, like practice humility, um, never give anyone a hollow greeting of peace, um, remember that God's mercy is, like, is unending and like for, you know, uh, eternal. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the ones that he says is, and always remember to keep death daily before your eyes. Right. And he's saying that because not like, oh, be somber and like Depressed. miserable all yeah. the time. But remember that your life is finite mm-hmm. and that if you continue to live as if you have an infinite amount of time, mm-hmm. then you're one, wasting what God has given you. But you also are really, really risking it. Because if you live a kind of, you know, a washed up life, life, hedonistic, whatever, you know, not really following the will of the Lord and following your own will instead, death is going to come ready or not, right? Yeah, I mean, Benedict grew up in a culture filled with people that were living as if they were immortal, right? Yeah, I mean, he grew up or spent some time in Rome, and at that time, it was just very depraved, um, very decadent. And there's all these people living hedonistic lives, just focused on themselves and thinking, oh, like, I'm just going to live forever. Like, I can do whatever I want. Um, So, yeah, I guess that's, I'm wondering if that was part of his inspiration behind Memento Mori. Yeah, I'm sure. And and it helps, you know, really give a consequence to your actions. If Mm -hmm. you think, oh, I'm not going to die or or death's not that big of a deal, um, then why bother, like, changing the way you live? Mm -hmm. Um, So that's part of the reason why he fled, like you were saying, Rome. And it's just kind of hedonistic, godless society. He fled to live in a cave because... That's pretty radical. Uh, it is pretty sweet. But because he wanted to get away from that. But a cave, he also is like a tomb. Um, mm-hmm. And he wanted to live 
as if he was dead dying. To the world. Yeah, yeah, dead. Yeah, he was dead to the world for sure. Right. Um, but you know, constantly living in a cave, almost living in a tomb. It's like okay, one, uh, it reminds you that you know we're not meant for this world, mm-hmm. um, but also that like I'm going to die. So, right. um, how should I pray? How should I live? Accordance with that idea. Mm-hmm. And the saints. Now, Benedict is a really strong forerunner of this, but I mean. Even the early desert fathers before him were very strong in this kind of idea. Um, but the saints following afterwards, especially if you see a lot of icons or pictures of saints, a lot of them have a skull somewhere near them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's supposed to kind of show that they were, they, they one, probably uh, lived a very sacrificial, maybe intense life um, of suffering, but also that you know they were not afraid of death. The death was before their eyes. So I know St. Jerome is offered pictured with one. Right. St. Teresa of Avila, I think usually is. St. John of the Cross. These mystics um, who mm-hmm. death was not something to fear, but rather um, something to... Um, yeah, I think there's actually a psalm that we talk about, or something, yeah, I forget where it is, but I remember reading it. It's a very Benedictine thing, but that death be something we fear no more than just falling asleep. Mm. Um yeah, it's just a simple reality, and it's undeniable for all of us humans, just as much as falling asleep is. Obviously, it has a lot of sadness that goes with it, but we don't have to live in fear of it. We can kind of embrace it like the saints did and kind of just own it, own the fact that we're mortal. So why why is it important for us to memento mori, to remember death? Or what, what are some benefits of memento mori? Yeah, I think one big thing is um, sort of ironically... Uh, Remembering your death all the time and keeping it before your eyes actually helps you live better. Mm. I think like you're, if you remember your death, you'll have a better life because in some sense, I think a lot of us, um, by obviously we know we're mortal, but we can spend lots of time kind of subconsciously acting as if we're immortal and just thinking, mm-hmm. just going about our daily business. Like, ah, uh, for, especially for us, like you and me, we're, we're still very young easy to be like oh maybe i'll die when i'm like 80 but like, yeah, that's right. ways, ways down the road so i don't really need to hurry and do anything great right now but if you keep the memory of your death ever before your eyes like you're saying and you realize it could happen anytime and i'm mortal that can sometimes inspire you and motivate you to be like well i need to make the most of today and i need to like yeah. live a good life and i need to be prepared for when death comes and i do mm-hmm. live a virtuous life that's actually doing making a difference a positive difference in the world while i am here um so I think I think that's just one big thing is the memory of your death can really influence you to lead a more inspired and motivated life. Yeah, and I too that like really remembering death I think is a call to prayer too. Yeah. That if what what are we going to do after we die? Hopefully go to heaven. Yeah. And what are we doing in heaven? Just praying and praising God. That's not right. all we'll be doing. I think some people think like that's all heaven is. Yeah. Like, oh, that sounds boring. Or, you know, whatever. First of all, you don't understand what it means to be in God's presence. Yeah. But, um, but we ultimately will be, that's what we'll be is in God's presence. Right. So spending time now, uh, in God's presence, whether it's in the Eucharist, um, or just in silent prayer with scripture or whatever, that's training us for what we're doing later. Yeah. And that's kind of a sort of what Memento Mori should call us to do is, is to act and live now a little bit of what we will be living later mm-hmm. versus, um, not remembering our death, living kind of however we want, focused mm-hmm. on ourselves. And then if you live that way and you die, you will go to a place that's all focused on yourself, right. hell, right. but it's painful because you're so focused on yourself that you actually are forced to be alone. Right. Um, that's a great point. Yeah. It just reminds me of, uh, a line from 
the rite of Christian burial that we use in, as Catholics whenever we're at people's funerals, mm-hmm. um, where it says, like, for Christians, we know that life is changed, not ended. Yeah. And so, in a way, it's like the form is kind of changed because obviously our afterlife is going to look different than our life right now. But in a, in a sense, there's a, there's a way in which it's kind of just a continuation of the way we lived in this life, but just yeah. drawn out to the extreme effects. Yeah, exactly. So if your life uh, on earth was spent, you know, trying to live well and, and do what's good and showing love to other people and especially being focused on God, then after you die, it's just going to continue, but in a more amazing and glorious way. You're just going to be in heaven, loving all the people around you and being completely attentive and just overjoyed in God's presence. But like you're saying, if on the other yeah. hand, you spend this whole life focused on yourself and self-centered, then you're going to have an eternity being aware of your own self and the pain that's going to go with that. Yeah, because you can't do anything. Right, and you can't get out of yourself. You're just going to be in torment forever. And that's, I think, so to counter selfishness, then Memento Mori is also a really good avenue for growing in humility Mm -hmm. because uh, something I heard Father Mike Schmidt say in a video of his was the uh, mortality rate of humanity for the last millennia or so, has roughly hovered around uh, about a hundred percent, which I, I think that. is great. That's so funny. Um, Father Mike but is so funny. That that should remind you, like, yeah, like this is a reality. Yeah, this is, this is an unescapable reality because I'm a human, um, and that should humble us a little bit. Like, I cannot control, and no matter what science has done, no matter what advances we've gotten, we can still not prevent someone from dying ultimately. Yeah, we can prolong life. Um, and sometimes it might not be a quality prolonging, but we can prolong it, but we can't prevent death altogether. Yeah. And so that should be a humble reminder for us. Like, Hey, uh, I, def- I'm not in control of my death. Like there's mm-hmm. nothing I can do to control of death. Yeah. So that should also remind her, well, I'm probably in a lot less control of the things I think I'm in control of now. So to turn those over to God. And if we remember our death, then we should remember like, okay, but even before then I need to die a little bit. Of in my desire to control everything Mm -hmm. or to fulfill my own desires Mm -hmm. and instead surrender those to God. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, I think our mortality is hugely humbling because uh, a lot of the, um, kind of main goals that people set for themselves in this life, at least in in the secular world, they're all completely nullified by death. Yeah. Right. Like the, the three big P's, you know, power, possessions, pleasure, you know, those are the th- kind of summarize the three things that most people go for nowadays and, and mm-hmm. for all of history. They just aim for those. You know, they want to be as rich as they can. They want to be as powerful as they can or enjoy life to the full. But all none of those things matter a moment after your heart stops beating. Like, those are all done. Yeah. Um, yep. And so, like, you know, there's that classic phrase, you can't take it with you. It doesn't matter how much money you made and how, how much you enjoyed this life. It won't matter one second after you die. Mm-hmm. Um, so really, memento mori can be humbling and realizing, okay, yeah, these goals that I might have, and they're not all bad goals. It's not bad to strive to, to be excellent um, in some worldly terms. But, like, it's humbling to recognize those aren't ultimately the things that are going to matter because death is going to end all that. So, But instead, you can focus on what actually does matter and kind of prioritize your time so that you live a virtuous life rather than just a life oriented towards power because that's the one that's actually yeah. going to have an effect after you die. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and then you said using your time well, in contrast to like the uh, recognizing, oh, these things don't fulfill or whatever. Uh, I, I think Memento Mori also should give us a sense of of urgency and courage mm-hmm. in doing good work. 
Yeah. Um, I think for me, a lot of times, like, oh, well, I want to help that person or I should pray for that person or da-da-da-da-da. But like, well, I don't really have time right now or maybe I'll do it later. Yeah. But I don't – I might not have time later. I might be dead mm-hmm. later and then yeah. I miss the opportunity to pray for that person or serve this person, go on this mission trip, yeah. do whatever. Um, so Momentum Warrior should not only be something that humbles us and like, yes, this is reality, but also spur us on to like, hey – there's good that needs to be done, and I can't just wait around. Yeah. Sins of omission, which are things I think we forget about a lot, are failing to do good things. Right. The momentum warriors should kind of remind us of like, hey, this is a good thing, and you can't not do it. You, right. sh- you really need to do it. So either man up, woman up, whatever you want to say. you know, Cowboy up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and, and, and do the good thing. Yeah. Do the good thing. Momentum warrior definitely is a major way to kind of overcome procrastination, I think, like you're saying. And it's kind of like a... The I don't remember which Rocky movie it is, but one of the Rocky movies, I think it might be Rocky 2, where he's training with Apollo Creed. Yes, yeah, too. Yeah, is it too? Yeah, and, and like he says something about like how he'll finish training tomorrow or whatever. Yeah. Apollo's like, there is no tomorrow. And that is kind of foundationally a lot of what's at the core of Memento Mori is we, we don't have time to waste. We got to prioritize the time. And like you said earlier, it's finite. So basically, get your butt moving. Yeah. Like, do something. Do something good because you're not going to be around forever. Um, and also, I think another great, um, I guess, benefit of Memento Mori is getting comfortable with that um, mortality mm-hmm. and kind of getting used to the fact, yeah, like you said, for all of history, the mortality rate of humans has hovered roughly about 100%, actually exactly 100%. Um, and you can kind of get used to that and, and not be afraid of it and just embrace it. Like, I think Memento Mori can be really good for um, countering the, the fear of death that yeah. we so often have. Which I think is really pervasive in our culture these days, because with a loss of a loss of God in society, mm-hmm. um, a loss of the importance and necessity of all human life, mm-hmm. and it kind of all becoming about me. Yeah. Um, then when I'm gone, what else is there, right? right? So then death becomes not just an evil, but the absolute ultimate the final evil. Curtain. So, like, being so afraid of death mm-hmm. is just so obvious these days um, that people don't even want to acknowledge, like, some of these things. You know, so, so, so like, deaths, uh, either, like, suicide, right? Yeah. They're, like, rebranding. Unalive. Unaliving. Yeah. No. Oh, my gosh. I know, it, yeah. You, literally, it's, I see that so it's, much it's, it's, we don't We don't want to acknowledge that someone has ended their life. Well, they call it unalive, right. I suppose. But, no, you're dead yeah. you're dead this person get, get killed themselves that. yeah you have to you have to accept the fact that this person is gone yeah um or, or other things that are like oh this this has a higher chance of you know higher higher risk you know being you know taking certain medications or mm-hmm. eating certain foods but we don't want to say those things right. to anyone anymore so it's like well you know you can do what you want right. you know this relativism all, yeah. in death almost yeah it's like pretending like death isn't going to happen. Oh, yeah. People are very much in denial of death. And especially, um, I think that's partly caused by uh, maybe some of the advances in medicine in the past few yeah, years. Yeah, like, the, the, Obviously, there's so many blessings that have come through uh, more advanced medicine, but beyond what we had in the medieval times, like it's helped a lot of people. But there is one negative aspect, I think, of the fact that people can live so long now is that we're now so out of touch with uh with death and with discomfort in general. Like we have medicine for everything. We have convenient lives. We have very healthy kind of pampered lives so that we're, we're completely removed from death. Um, whereas I think like if you went back like 
centuries and centuries ago, while it was a hard life, I think people had to be comfortable with death because it happened so much more All frequently. The time. They're like, oh, yeah. someone, someone so died from uh, from a flu. Someone so died from this or that. Someone yeah. so got attacked by a lion. Like they got comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> it's like okay, it's an everyday thing, and not not to like minimize it, but like they they were kind of really face to face with mortality. And whereas nowadays, even though we are just as mortal as they were then, we somehow kind of can convince ourselves with all of our pampered lifestyles that death is like this this faraway thing. So much so that when we do have to face it in any way, we're just petrified. Yeah. Which I think is what we saw three years ago during pandemic. I was going to talk about that. Is, oh my gosh, the, the amount of fear people had. Among Christians too. I mean, Memento Mori is yeah. a Christian ideal, but it was like completely out of people's minds back then. I um, mean, like just three years ago, seeing so many Christians freaking out um, as if there was no afterlife, just thinking like, oh, the the possibility of giving COVID is is the ultimate evil. Like, I, yeah, I will exactly. sacrifice every other good aspect of my die. life just to make sure I don't catch the vid. Um, was, and then when you hear when someone's like, oh, so-and-so died of it. Like, I oh mean, some people gosh. would tell me that. Yeah. I felt like I couldn't give like, oh, that's too bad. Like, I felt like I had to be more upset yeah. about someone dying that way than even someone dying of cancer in a car crash. Like, right. oh, they died of this. Isn't that horrible? They they had so much of their life ahead of them. Well, no, they didn't. Yeah, Their life had nothing else because yeah. that's what God ordained. Uh, we might not understand it. Providence is a mystery. But they actually had no more of their life <laughs> ahead of them. in fact now definitely not um, have any more of their life ahead of them. And yeah. and I know that might sound a little heartless, but I'm not, I'm not trying to say that. And if you have lost people, I'm very, very sorry, and I, I feel very much for you. Um, but we, they, it was so clear that people were so afraid of death yeah. that they lost friendships over this. Mm-hmm. They lost family. They refused to be around. And to me, the fact that we closed churches mm-hmm. was way more of an evil mm-hmm. than COVID ever was. Yeah. Because we should be reminding people of what the life that God has to give us, yeah. not to be afraid of the potential death involved. Mm-hmm. So to close churches is almost to Especially say, when, frankly, you know what, let's pretend, so let's pretend that Memento Mori is not actually a thing we want to think about. Yeah. And let's, let's, let's be afraid of it instead. Um, and we, and we close churches in people's faces when they need it the most. Right. Um, Going to mass or being in reconciliation with the priest or just being in a church is what's going to help you cope with the reality of death, mm-hmm. not closing it and putting on a mask and hiding in your bedroom. You Absolutely. Know? And I understand health precautions for a while and everything, but it got too much. It got too much. And frankly, part of the bad message that was sent out, I think, by the church closing so many churches um, was it sent the message, uh, even if they wouldn't say this explicitly, they kind of sent the message that. Uh, your physical health is more important than your spiritual health. Yeah, exactly. Because you had so many people dying in hospitals um, that hadn't received last rites. They hadn't received sacraments in months. And, and you know, in some cases, priests and stuff just wouldn't, wouldn't be allowed in. Yeah. But I think there were, I'm sure there were instances where they probably wanted that assistance. They wanted that spiritual preparation for their death. And they just didn't get the chance because guess what? Uh, it wasn't worth risking a cough to make sure that yeah. person got to heaven. Um, Anyways, I don't want to get too. <laughs> no, much but I, on I'm that. sorry. We, we feel pretty heated about that. But the, the point is, is that that was just I think three years ago really showed how fully our society is out of touch with death and out of touch with memento mori. Yeah, and oh, it absolutely. showed that people are the what they think is the ultimate evil is just your physical death. When in fact that's not true. Yeah, it's just it it is an evil in a sense because of course it's a bad thing. It brings sorrow and it's not what God originally intended for the human race. But it it's also just a part of life, just as much as birth. <laughs> Yeah, and we exactly. uh, we're all going to go through it. Sure. Yeah. So, then how how do we go about 
memento mori ourselves, remembering death, and especially how do we do it joyfully? And we, I know we said at the beginning, or near the beginning, that it doesn't have to be a depressing, it doesn't have to be, you know, so, you know, self-loathing or anything like that, but it still might sound kind of hard how to do this and not be that way. So how can we memento more joyfully? And what's even just like in practical ways we can go about remembering death? Right. Um, it's essential to recognize that death, although a very sad thing, is not or doesn't have to be a moral evil. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't have to be, like we said, the ultimate evil. Um, because in fact, like we were getting at this earlier, death is kind of just a gateway that leads into a continuation of some form of life. Yeah. Um, and if your life on earth was virtuous and was spent prioritizing the right things, then there is no need whatsoever to fear death because guess what? It's just going to be a gateway into greater joy and more fruitful and abundant life. Um, now, there is cause, on the other hand, for some fear of je- death, legitimate fear. Ooh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, if your life's not... If, if your life's not in order. But even there, like, it's never too late to get your life back in order. Mm-hmm. And memento mori can be a good kind of wake-up call and being like, okay, look, I- I'm going to I'm gonna die someday, so let me get things in order so that I don't have to be afraid of that. And w- once you do, you can kind of get comfortable with your mortality and be like, we're all going to go through this death thing. Um may as well embrace it and live accordingly. And then it can become really, in some ways, a joyful thing to recognize life has changed, not ended. And it can become a, a wonderful, we're going to have a wonderful afterlife if we live yeah. the right way. St. Saint, Saint Paul talks about that in uh, Philippians 1, where he says that um, he longs to depart from this life, because mm. that means to be with union with Christ. Yeah. But he says, but I realize that remaining on earth is benefit for you, the Philippians, because if he continues to work and labor, it means they're going to grow in holiness. So he says that I'm caught between the two. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, life is Christ. So if he continues to live, he still has a relationship, but death is gain of everything. Wow. Um, And I kind of think about that a lot in regards to Memento Mori. It's like, yes, life here is good. It's an absolute good. And it means I have a relationship with Christ uh, even now and a relationship with my brothers and sisters, but death is gain far beyond and in i want to say it's hebrews or first peter i but it talks i think it's i think it's the first letter of peter but he says that um the sufferings of this present life are as nothing to be compared with the glory Mm. to be revealed to us in heaven yeah um and that's something that we should that's how we should remember death is like the glory to be revealed the gain that we have of eternity um so that we remember death in preparation for heaven not as the end so much of this life that it's not only end like you said it's, it's a change absolutely um then that's how i can remember joyfully and i also just love saint paul the way he can say that like life is christ so it's good now but death is gain it's even better i love that and that's radical because that's like a total opposite of the normal fear of death that we normally experience that's not only is he not afraid of it he's actually yearning for it yeah yeah he's looking forward to it because he's like look let's be real like as much as we cling to things of this world it's not all that great. Like, there's a lot of yeah, suffering yeah, yeah, here. Exactly. There's a lot of tears. There's a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, and and hard times in this world. But if you live the right life, there's going to be none of that after you mm, die. It's yeah. going to be pure joy. Yeah. So it's something we actually can yearn for. Mm. Um, and there's actually just, I guess, kind of leading into this whole discussion again. You you brought up how are some practical ways we can do this? Because again, memento mori can kind of just sound like an abstract mentality, and you might yeah, wonder yeah. how do we live this out. Um, but there's one thing I've I've seen. Uh, fairly recently that you can get it's called like a memento mori calendar okay where basically it's it's you can print it out on i think just one sheet of paper 
and it's just a bunch of bubbles yeah. representing weeks of your life. And it, it's crazy how they fit. It makes you realize how short our lives actually are because it takes like an average human lifespan, maybe 70, 80 years. Mm-hmm. And for all those years on this one piece of paper, it has bubbles for every single week. And at the end of every week, you just fill in a bubble with like a black pen or something and that's done. And so like, wow. of course, you don't know exactly what year you'll die. It could be sooner than 80 years, could yeah. be maybe longer. But the, the the idea is it's reminding you how quickly this life is going to go by. Mm. And that's kind of a, a daily pr- practical or a weekly practical reminder yeah. that we don't have forever. It's, yeah, that's I might actually get one of those, put it on my door in my room because monks are supposed to, especially Memento Mori, right? Yeah. And our rooms are called cells. Uh, it's supposed to almost be like caves, like our prison. Like a tomb. Yeah, exactly. Same thing as Benedict, right? Yeah. So that that's actually pretty sweet. Um, yeah, I, I, I like that Memento Mori calendar. Yeah. And I think another practical thing we could do is just get comfortable talking about death. Mm. Um, Because often whenever someone brings up death or anything sad like that in conversation, sometimes people will be like, whoa, 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 getting kind of dark. Hold on. Let's let's not talk about that. Yeah. yeah. But it doesn't have to be dark. Um, And even even when it is dark, even when it is, of course, to some extent, a very sad thing. It's it's hard when our loved ones pass away. away. Right. We shouldn't shy away from it anyway, because it's a reality of life. Mm hmm. And, um, like we, at this point, it's kind of like we're beating a dead horse. <laughs> yeah. Um, but well, it, it is, it is something that we're all going to go one, one thing I want to mention real quick when you said like talking about loved ones who have died or whatever, we're like really, really quick to say like, well, they're in heaven now. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, or someone that, you know, we knew maybe they, they lived a good life sure, and like, well, they died, but they're in heaven now. That's actually, that's almost, in my opinion, a way to get around thinking about Memento Mori. Yeah. Because it's almost saying like, oh, well, your reward is automatically heaven. We don't know that. Right. Um, we can say, well, we hope that yeah. they're blessed in heaven. And we should pray for them. Exactly. Because otherwise we're doing actually harm Disservice to them. Because they might be in purgatory. And if just saying, oh, well, they're in heaven, we don't pray for them. But for me, when I hear people say that, it makes me think, well, you don't still understand what death could be. Yeah. Like, sure, we hope, yeah, those loved ones are in heaven. But if that's all you think about, it's like, oh, well, when you die, you go to heaven. You're also not remembering death properly because mm-hmm. death. Yes. Well, we like we said, joyful, whatever. There should also be a sense of God's justice is at mm-hmm. the end of death. Yeah. Um, and his mercy. Absolutely. Right. But both are infinite. <laughs> exactly. So so it, by talking about death properly and not just saying all the time, like, oh, they're in heaven or just shying away every time. Like, mm-hmm. ooh, let's not talk about it. Mm-hmm. Somewhere in between. It's like, well, they died. So we really need to pray for them. Yeah. Um, exactly. so, and also to inspire other people. So hopefully that when I die, people are praying for me, mm-hmm. you know, if yeah. all, everyone's like, Oh, and Francisco's in heaven. Great. Like, please don't no, think please that. Don't think that yeah. if I am great. Uh, but if not, like continue, please pray for me. Exactly. Uh, and that's a way also to momento, momentum mori is to pray for those who already have died mm-hmm. in preparation for our own death. Yeah. And then, uh, a, the best intercessor in regards to death is St. Joseph, mm-hmm. who died, you know, at, by the side, with Jesus and Mary at his side. And we actually, we, we uh, pray a prayer at the end of the rosary, the St. Joseph prayer. Where we ask that St. Joseph grant us um, a peaceful death, you know, at, in the arms of Jesus and Mary, just right. like he died. And he Which is, is a pretty baller way to go yeah, out. That's and he's the patron saint of a happy death. Yeah. So if you want to die well, and I heard a priest say that you, you die the way you live. Mm-hmm. So you need to live well in order to die well. And if you live badly, you're going to probably die badly. But no matter what, God's mercy can kind of change everything still. So right. if you really want to 
to die well and not be afraid of the moment of death and to die peacefully, die in the arms of maybe your family and friends with the sacraments, pray to St. Joseph. Yeah. Um, and ask also St. Joseph to help you to not be afraid of death anymore mm-hmm. um, because he wasn't afraid. Um, and right. he, he didn't even speak any words in scripture. That's, that's how right. unafraid he was to die. He didn't need to say, like, make all of these statements so people remember what he said before he died. He right. was happy to be silent, yeah. to live, and to die silently. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a, that's an inspiration for me. I love St. Joseph a lot. Um, and especially the way his relationship with uh, a peaceful death is something that I try to remember. Oh, yeah. So. St. Joseph is just an absolute giga-chad. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, no, that's that's such a big thing is is we hope for a happy death, but instead of just kind of absentmindedly thinking, well, maybe it'll, maybe it'll happen. I'm sure it'll happen when everything will work out just fine is that we really need to live our lives to prepare for that and to make that a reality so that we're living virtuously. So we don't have to be scared of death. And like you said, seeking out St. Joseph's help so that the situations can be right before we die. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, this is, this is a good talk and Great. not, not too dark. Hopefully, yeah. um, hopefully you guys didn't mind a little bit of a discussion on death today. Um, but thank you for, for joining us again, as always, with uh, another episode of All Good in the Brotherhood. So. Yeah, appreciate you. Have an awesome day. Have a bodacious day. Yeah, great. God bless. Bye.